To cover my ass where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay, and remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library, and I'm not I'm not hiding anything behind my back, so you can just stop asking about it. Okay. Yep, we'll just we'll just move on Isn't with our that lives. Uncomfortable? Okay, so between you and me. It's behind you. No, okay. Well I look I'm revealing it to you now. This is this is this is something really, really unorthodox. As you can see, it is a it is a stack of glued pages. These are the yes. interior pages of a of a book which I've stripped of its cover. Now before you freak out at me, yeah. um this is this is a preservation strategy. Okay. Um, because as as our, our our loyal readers at home recall, um, last week we resolved a detente with the dinosaurs who live in your library mm. by giving them all the books based on films based on books. Yes, which is a perfectly normal thing for a library. Seems to, reasonable. Yeah, exactly. Except I did not want to part with the novelization of Jurassic Park. The ah, so you book. stripped it out of its cover. Yes. Ah, very yes. Clever. And I wrapped it around one of your spare copies of Wuthering Heights. Okay. So I assume you use one of the doubles. Let's. Let's just assume that. Yeah, it's probably, let's, let's, it's probably let's do best. that. Let's. Since today is probably the day of my performance review, how does this how does this sort of factor into into your assessment of me as junior librarian? Very well done. Uh, although I have Thank to, you. I, I just have one question though, and yes, it's, it's like, yes, like it's, it's going to be kind of important how you answer it. It's like, okay. how are we going to file this book in its current incarnation? I mean, the cover is Wuthering Heights, but the contents are it's like this is kind of like an exam question. Yes. Like, Okay, so we have several options. One, the most, the, the 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 simplest one would be to order a new copy and replace the interior, but that's 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 wasteful. Wuthering Heights. Now that that makes no sense because someone who looks this up in the Dewey Imperial system uh, will then have a very strange idea about this uh, acclaimed literary masterpiece and wonder mm. where all the steamy sex scenes are and why there are mm. so many dinosaurs. Yes. So. Uh, I actually thought about this, and, and there's a reason why I've wrapped the cover around it with blue tack instead of uh, instead of gluing it on. Yeah, I think the cover should be flipped around, and that I should draw on the on what used to be the interior, now the exterior, draw a replica of what I remember the cover of Jurassic Park. Just just a question then, like. Why not just make a new blank cover in that case and draw on that rather than use an existing one? Then it wouldn't be a book cover. You can make a wedding ring and put it on your finger. That doesn't make it a wedding ring. You can make a trophy and give it to yourself. That doesn't make it a trophy. Clearly, your performance needs some work here. Well, okay. You're going to be spending a lot more time in the workshop over the coming week, and I'll show you how to like do some proper book restoration and cover making work. I would like that, because I noticed that some of the solvents used in there are pretty much the only thing that help against the... Do you remember the little sort of of mumps that I found all over my body over the... Yeah, they're back. You said you thought they were Velabraptor bites. And during the time that we spent apart, the Velabraptors and I, while you and I were Mm -hmm. uh, ensconced in the visitor center, yeah, I I hadn't noticed them at the time, but they have continued, and I still can't see regular colors, only only UV. Well, well, your diet has improved a little bit. Thank you for that, again, by the way. It's my pleasure. Since you're an employee of the library now, I kind of have to make sure that you're like, don't wither away and smell up the place. Like some of the others? I mean, I did did find the the bones of Decimal Doom. Oh, where? I mean, he went missing about a decade ago. I'm trying to think back to my encyclopedic memory of our prior episodes. And in which era did this take place? I think it was fairly early on, so it wouldn't have been very far from the... uh... If you you do come across them again, like you do write down the shelf number where you find him, and then we'll be able to give him a proper burial. We don't want this turning into Mount Everest, after all. Oh yes, the uh, what was it called? The Rainbow Rainbow Valley. Yes. Rainbow Valley. Well, that's not the- just that's just not not just corpses. That's also just like discarded other stuff. But yes, but also but also corpses because yes. they oh absolutely. 
the mountaineers don't have the don't have the resources or the ability no, to. No, it's very dangerous. It could take eight. It could take up to eight people to get one corpse down. And so it's easier just to sort of push them. Generally, out of the way. they're kind of pushed over a ledge or in like out of sight, out of heart. You know, because they're deep frozen anyway. You, you even get these weird ones where they're like died, landing back into a snowdrift, and then over time the snowdrift will have been blown away, and you just oh, see this just... corpse sitting there in this weird oh. hunched position because like yeah, they're frozen solid. That's creepy. Yeah, it is. Hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's the weird biggest world's biggest open air latrine and cemetery. <laughs> so. Speaking, Speaking of, of cemeteries, of <laughs> <laughs> what do we have in store for our readers this week? Ah, yes, this week's book is Chrono by Charles L. Harness. Oh yeah, and it's a, and it's a, it it's seems a like a rollicking space adventure. Oh, yes, it's We've, very colourful. It's got all these pastels going on. Oh, mm. and by the way, for our readers at home, uh, you should should be seeing the cover of today's book if you look down at your podcasting device, and otherwise, uh, look in the show notes for an image and a link, and you will see like Chrono in in big yellow letters with this cool font. We space have some, font. We have this ombre in the background. Uh, that's the that's the 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 gradient. Oh, okay. when it when it moves through when it has mo- when it has multiple dimensions, goes, it's goes through the whole light, uh, the the whole rainbow. Actually, well, yes, it but it's also like a, a two dimensional uh, a tension where it's not just a, a one dimensional flowing from mm-hmm. one color to the other, but there's this this sort of smooth ah, yes. to it. Then it's called well, ombre. It, it looks a bit like a sunset, I suppose, on a alien planet with oh, judging by the, by the plants. I mean, the colors are probably caused by all the uh, different chemical uh, composition of the compound. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. we can it's see that the, it's not clearly scattering. not clearly not a human breathable atmosphere. Uh, although the fact that we've got a huge dragonfly esque creature here indicates that the, the oxygen content of this planet must be very high. Uh, Otherwise, yes, the wisp, the wisp, yeah, the <laughs> yes. whom will uh, 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 a terrifying life form that will meet. Yes, no, you're 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 correct that the oxygen level has to be has to be very high because insects, of course. Um, they breathe through what is it, capillary tubes and or, or, or trachea. trachea. Yes, trachea, that's right. Yeah. Trachea in their uh, in their external carapace. So their ability to absorb oxygen from the environment is dependent on their surface area, and their consumption of oxygen is based yes, on their and, volume. And, yeah, exactly. It's a square a square versus a third cubic uh, cubic yeah. law. So yeah, they need they need to have like high oxygen content to be able to grow larger than a certain size. Unless they ever develop lungs, it's like possible. in the Guillermo del film Mimic, which was uh, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Well, he does do a lot of uh, creepy creatures. I mean, that's kind of his thing. Oh, it's definitely his it's thing. Like either they're like like huge and coming out of the ocean. or well, They're usually very sexy in one way or another. Sea. There's a lot of people who are really into the, uh, what do they call it? Kaiju? No, kaiju. No. Kaiju. That's oh, yeah, yeah. And then again, the opposite to people who are into 50 feet tall women, which apparently is also quite a common thing. Yeah. Like huge I, women and then getting stomped and smothered and that seems to be a thing. I don't know. It's like, oh, teach it, 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 I mean, it might even be the exact same thing. And more power to them. Uh, we, we, we celebrate people who, who know what they like and are just joyously into it. Unlike, by the way, it, it should be said, uh, the, the protagonists of the book on the cover yes, here. Both in their armored, sp- armored-ish spacesuits. Like, yeah. The, Mr. Wuthington Heights was... Lance Wuthington. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> the second. For some reason, he's the second and not junior. I guess that goes in titles. When it comes to titles, then it becomes the second, rather when it's like just, just a family oh, yeah. time, then it yeah, becomes junior. Right. And then suddenly, at a certain, certain point, junior becomes senior. No, like, junior stays junior. And then when senior dies, junior just becomes mm, the name yeah. itself. And then and then if if junior names their sprog after themselves, then well, that's I sp- the I, But I suppose if there's like three, then it would be senior... And junior. 
No, because no, the junior stays junior, except he's uh, Jonathan Senior, Jonathan Junior, Jonathan returns ah. to John to Nathan, mm. um, grandson of Jonathan, uh, Jonathan uh, versus the fly, Jonathan First Blood Part Three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Let's, then, let's, let's not go. <laughs> let's, let's abandon. And then Jonathan Four in Pig in the City. Jonathan really needed the royalties because his second wife divorced <laughs> yeah. him. Oh, Lord. Uh, speaking of divorce, uh, we should ah, be uh, we should be segue talking award. about the, Hey, thank you. Segway Award of 2018. We have nineteen. Um, uh, yeah, well, the award's still 2018. That's a little in joke that we do for our oh, readers at home. Oh, we have our protagonist here, Mary Jo and Vir Esposa, yeah. in their uh, uh, in their hard suits, um, and one of them is carrying uh, the cosmodolite mm-hmm. that indicates them as interplanetary surveyors. Yep. The, the book opens with them being dropped off on the planet with their uh, little, uh, well, porta cabin is not really the right word. It's basically one, little of the, habitat. one of those units that just basically gets dropped out of the bottom of a spaceship and the rest of the ship takes off again and yeah, yeah. leaves them on the planet with their little house, which will provide for them, which has their little uh, rover, their little flyers, which will allow them All to pr- perform cool their... Uh, so they can do their... Yeah, they'll uh, perform their surveying duties on this uh, new planet called Chrono. You'd think that in the in the advanced spacefaring civilization that they're uh, that they're a part of, that all of this surveying would be done uh, by satellites. Uh, yeah, you'd think so. I thought it was quite a cool conceit that space squatters' rights still still exist, and the the human occupation, the human presence. Uh, is planet. necessary yeah. to to make any kind of claim yeah. of it. So, so the corporation has to drop people on there and actually... Uh, yeah, the uh, Unerforschte Planetenexpeditionsgesellschaft GmbH. Yes. The uh, the Unexplored Planet Expedition Company, Inc., essentially, from Space Germany. U-P-E-G-G. Sorry, I was trying to see if there was like a funny acronym in there. But, UPEG. Uh, UPEG. 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 Like this is this is indicative of their relationship. Is this like <laughs> okay? Well, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves a little <laughs> bit. But yes, they're uh, they're a wife and husband team in the employ of the Unerforschte Planetenexpeditionsgesellschaft GmbH. There seems to be a rule in space Germany against having uh, acronyms, and in real Germany, like they 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 love their oh, what's it called? Uh, Bandwurmwörter. Uh, well, Bandwurm the ones that just keep on uh, tapeworm rolling words. on and on and on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic feature of uh, of German that uh, Dutch has not inherited. As a, you as can a do the language. same in Dutch, but it's yeah, it's, it's not weird. it's not as common. In, you can just like it just yeah, in Dutch you can weird. just keep, keep tacking them on, and you can like make these infinitely long words. Uh, Dutch yeah, does the same you, a little bit, but it becomes clearly yeah. trying too hard. It's just not the yeah. Form. We're a little bit more anglophobe in that like regard. We'll anglophile. Just, Anglo, sorry, that's what I meant. Anglophile, yes. Uh, where they're uh, just going to make up a new word or borrow someone else's. Uh, unlike the Belgians. Well, they, I guess that they got that from the French, who also have to have a French word for everything. Like, I suppose that's true, but they have the the, the société, the society yeah. of the, the the French language. Well, the in. official the official French word for a selfie is an ego portrait. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nobody uses it. Everybody well, says selfie, not. but yeah, le, <laughs> le, le selfie. It's fantastic. But like, for instance, the Afrikaans mm. is the same thing, where a computer is called a rekenaar, literally a calculator. Oh, ordinateur in, in, the, in, in the, French. Yeah, in the, uh, in the original sense of the word, where, com- where computers were people who did. Who did computations, yes. yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, uh, oh uh, hidden figures uh, about the computers at, at at early NASA, young mathematically skilled uh, women of color who sort of invented new jobs for themselves, migrating from like the computing pool to 
programming, which was yeah, not a, a, a thing at the time, and uh, becoming the first computer programs in an era before that was considered man's work. Well, computers became a boy's thing when they started, like, advertising them. To, uh, yeah, when computer they game. started like appearing in, in the, offices. In the 80s and stuff. Also, like, computer games were advertised oh. to boys because toys had to, had to be either for boys or for girls. Yes. So it was decided that computer games were for boys. And that kind of, like, spilled over to the rest of computing. The, the, there were a lot more women in the computing field in the 60s and 70s, and then it became a man's thing. And we're still, suffering, then, from, and we're still suffering from that. Uh, yeah. Well, the theoretical sciences have always been a domain heavily populated by accomplished women uh, academics. Yeah. Madame Curie uh, and all the other, like, the, the... Oh, yeah. So I think that this may have been something that was that was on, on, on Mary Jo's mind. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons given in the in the book for the dissatisfaction of uh, uh, of their marriage between Mary Jo and Veer. Uh, Mary Jo uh, being the, the more accomplished academic who does not particularly love field work. The, the, the problem with, uh, with this, as, as we learn in the, uh, in the first few chapters, is that it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, you need the field cred. On the yeah. other hand, when you're in the field, you're not in the office. And like, it's mo- much more easier to plot against someone who is not there to defend themselves and who is not... Out of sight, uh, out of mind. You're also not publishing. You're, you're not... Things can be said about you. You can't defend yourself against any veiled attacks. It's a bit of a cutthroat workplace that forced a Planeten Expeditionsgesellschaft GmbH. Yes. New planets are immensely valuable, but they cost a lot to develop. And, yeah, uh, to if they explore. turn out to have a valuable resource. So um, Veer and um, Mary Jo are uh, on the planet, and they basically they do their regular routine thing. And uh, Veer isn't exactly happy about the situation where he is in either. No, exactly. He, he thinks like, okay, well, no, there's a good life insurance policy out on us while we're out here. Uh, like you know (laughs) you're being very generously uh, euphemistic about it but uh, it is it is through Veer's uh, uh, perspective that we are introduced to his pretty far advanced interest in killing his wife yes in 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 maricide in uh, I should say uxoricide which is the the Latin word for uh, killing one's wife oh okay yeah something like I've never heard that term in my life before it's it's absurd uxorem that is the uh, uh, the Latin word for wife oh is that weird learn something new next day uxorem which is what he named their spaceship the USS USS uxorem yeah it's a kind of a it's kind little, of a weird thing for their for their marital spacecraft that he he named his ship his uh, his, wife. his wife. He's going to come back with one of them at least. So <laughs> yeah, uh, if uh, uh, certainly if his his partner in crime has anything to say about it, the uh, asshole AI Galileo. Um, There's a lot of asshole AIs these days. <laughs> oh yeah, right. They're like the the artificial intelligences in these science fiction stories are just so malignant. Do you and, think that's and, a, like a 2001 holdover? Legacy type thing. Hal wasn't against humans. He was just for this this greater intelligence, right? Yeah. He was just just tempted by it. It just didn't place humans in the in the in the highest um, regard. Uh, versus like all of these asshole a- AIs, they're just misanthropes. Like they 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 seem to get off on 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 tormenting and yeah, contributing little, to the decline. These little, of, j- little jabs. It's like yeah, like Marvin the paranoid android and other who's just like, who's just <laughs> yeah. like just miserable in general. He's not being particularly miserable against people it's just no it's just but yeah the 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 death of a thousand cuts and so uh finding someone who's who's willing to make somebody else life 
life miserable or even to end it is is very attractive and and, and Galileo keeps uh, um, inciting the suggestions. Yes. Yeah, just humble little things. Oh, notice how she's allergic to peanuts. Yeah, why don't you fill the oxygen tank with arsenic? Uh, with, uh, <laughs> yes, to exacerbate her allergy to peanuts. Yes, skip the peanut sauce in the dinner. Skip the satay. <laughs> just the oxygen tank full of arsenic. Turns out that cosmodolites are heavy and have pointy ends in it. His first uh, first attempt is basically she's like standing there holding her little measuring her well very big measuring stick actually. Uh, yeah, a, a dumpy a dumpy level. Is that what they're called? There's a there's a type of level called the dumpy level. A which dumpy level. Oh, yeah. Essentially, try to push her off the ledge. Yeah, take a good swing at it. Uh, like try to make it look like he's staggering under the weight of the theodolite and bump into her and she goes falling down. And oh no, what a terrible the, accident! And, and there's a, then unfortunate, unfortunately, it turns out that she's not quite uh, as injured as you would hope to be. It's like a little bit of a minor blood spill uh, on the ground. Yeah, this is going to come back because like they've they, they've seen these the little these little wisps flying around. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I hope you're not too badly injured. Having a little moment of well, not regret. Kind of got to fake it because they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're they've got constant monitoring. They've all got body cams. Yes, so, so he's still got to play the role. Yeah, so he has to like hurry over and help her up, bandage her up, and uh, get her back to, to uh, home base to, to the, the habitat. Yorkshire. Yes, to the Yuxorum. She's like. Kind of like oh, he's never been that clumsy before, so it's uh, she's definitely suspicious and uh, yeah. decides to step up her own uh, her her own plans because she is right in the middle of the corporate intrigue, and he of course has been the cause of her missed promotion. And ever since then, she's been striving to get rid of rid of him mm. with uh, uh, the assistance of her own comrade in arms, the Galilei AI. Which I mean. Did you have the feeling that this was just the same ship's computer playing two roles for different people and pitting them against each other? Galileo Galilei. Galileo Galilei. Galileo Figaro. Figaro was the name of the uh, USS Uxorem's uh, official AI. Oh, that was it. Yes. I just got that just oh, now. Is that, is that on one of your notes? Mm. Oh, there it is. You made a note of it. Funny that. Figaro, <laughs> the, the AI of the Uxorem. Magnifico. Magnifico. <laughs> um, He's just a poor AI. Nobody loves him. <laughs> uh, a poor AI from a poor faculty? Factory. From a poor factory? Oh. <laughs> uh, back to the Uxorem. Uh, the atmosphere, it was cold before it goes, it goes positively frosty between the two, uh, between yep. the couple now. And they're still putting on their smiles and they're still pretending to be, uh, here's, uh, to here's, be your, a, a here's your tea, couple. darling. Here's your, uh, let me give you something for the pain. No, that's fine. That's fine. I can, I can dose it myself. <laughs> no need to turn the morphine drop up to 11. No. But so they have a uh, they have a lot of work to do still. Like they're, uh, aside from uh, obviously their 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 geological survey, um, they're encountering these these very interesting. Uh, uh, like the wildlife seems to be the most abundant uh, resource on this planet because uh, aside from the wisp, they've also encountered the the damsel flea, mm-hmm. which is kind of a scary little parasite. I, yeah. I assume that the blood spill they left behind is going to be swarming with damsel fleas by the time they return. When they when they come back to the side, because that's where they ended up their survey the last time, and this is where they first see this huge cocoon, which is completely covered with the damsel fleas who are trying to like lap up the spills. But suddenly there's like this this massive cocoon has grown up there, and they figure like they look around and they see that there's more of them in the 
in the neighborhood, but like for some reason, this this one has just like grown to like ten times its usual size. Because they've examined some of the some of the other ones with with varying levels of success. Like either the exterior of the of the chrysalis is too hard to penetrate with their tools or, uh, I think, or sensors. I, I, I think or they don't want to. They don't want to damage it. Leave only footprints. Take only samples. Yes, she takes a few more of them, and uh, they do a little bit of examination, and turns out that it's, it's kind of like the enzymes and proteins in the in the human blood turn out to have this massive growth effect on the on the local oh, yeah. flora and fauna. Like mosquitoes, like they they can breed without drinking blood, but if they do drink blood, they get much larger clutches and much bigger broods because it's uh, it's extremely nutritious and there's exactly. all these cool hormones that yeah, they normally have and access to. Turns out that like yeah, human blood here contains several enzymes which are not really known on this planet, but they have some very positive effects on the local wildlife, accelerating the metabolism, but also the consumption of resources and just the sheer sense of yeah, scale. It, it basically allows them to start sucking in much more uh, nutrients uh, available in the atmosphere. The, I wonder how much because it, it's not a very like hard sci-fi book, so it doesn't delve into the into, into the chemistry quite so much. But I was I was really interested. Like it was specific to blood. Yes, I mean maybe it wasn't just blood. Maybe it would have worked with hair, but that's what was that was what was spilled. Mm. So would it maybe be that the uh, that the the life forms on this planet don't, for example, have access to uh, the highly efficient hemoglobin for transporting oxygen. I got the impression it was more of a uh, interact, like you mentioned earlier. The the chrysalis has a certain uh, outer shell, and like the yeah. blood does a little, the enzymes in the blood does a little change to that, which allows for a much more efficient passing of the uh, oxygen and ah, the nutrients yeah. through the uh, through the shell, allowing them to grow much larger than normal. Uh, the cocoon phase of insects always. It's just such a horrifying idea because they like okay like you you have a caterpillar right yep. caterpillar seems like an entire animal cool it's got a mouth it's got a bum does the, yep. does the whole thing well, it's basically a self feeding egg but yes yeah with a, with a mouth and then it sort of curls up somewhere and it fucking liquefies yes the nervous it, the nervous system kind of stays intact though. that freaks me out yes it's just protein soup yep. with a with a string of you, uh, yeah. brain nervous system yes and an entirely different animal grows out of that which retains memories with from the, the same <sighs> so yes if caterpillars are taught that a certain thing is where food is then the butterflies coming out of them will still remember that that is so <laughs> wild so does it experience liquefying that must know. be actually now i just say it out loud yeah. that must feel awesome it's just like oh fuck's sake finally that crick oh, in my neck yeah <laughs> just everything can just relax it's a weird system. And I'm saying it out loud. I wish that we could do that. I wish we just, you know, oh, you get to... Turn into Odo, just like chill out in your bucket. Uh, yeah, from DS9. Yes. Well, that seems that seems great. I mean, you you know, you start, you start heading toward 40 and like the stuff that used to work without a problem is, is not so great anymore. And all the stuff yeah. that, that used to annoy you, the joints and, and whatever, just, they're getting really boring. And what if you could just melt down and reconstitute... Without all the cricks and pains, and that would be a very good... Not necessarily for like immortality or anything, and not necessarily for reclaiming reclaiming youth, but just it just overall just refresh the give the body an old yeah it would work it work great on like tennis elbows and your wiggle knees and yeah, your exactly. wandering kidneys and everything back back into wandering kidneys that's the thing no it's not it is <laughs> what's a wandering kidney? I don't know they're kind of like moving around in your body cavity and like kind of like dislocated from the pl- from the place where they're supposed to be oh wow yes. So, turns out that this is a thing which was kind of suspected by the, uh, Unfer- oh god. By the Unerforschte Planeten Expeditionsgesellschaft GmbH. See, easy. Yeah, quite easy. At least uh, one of the two was uh, sent on a secret mission to bring back illegal return samples. A secret project by a senior, uh, UPEG official, Frau Mann. Uh, 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 no UPEGs. 
Unerforschte Planeten-Expeditionsgesellschaft GmbH. Very good, very good. As, as, as Frau Mann insists repeatedly. Yes. She's been in touch with Mary Jo because she, she knows she's got a bone to pick with, uh, along with that mispromotion of her. So she's like yeah. a little bit more susceptible to doing things off the record as long as it advances her career properly. She's kind of playing into the old girls network. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, but of course, Vir, es- Vir Esposa is in league with Heirat Hochzeit, also a senior uh, Unerforster yes. ex- Planeten-Expeditionsgesellschaft GmbH uh, yes. uh, official, uh, who wants some some samples of his own, specifically of the of the of the biology. So while Frau Mann is mostly interested in the in the geology, mm. uh, it's it's Heirat Hochzeit uh, who wants some some samples of his own, specifically of the of the of the biology. So while uh, uh, Frau Mann is mostly interested in the in the geology. Mm. Uh, it's it's Heirat Hochzeit that's Ooh, interested uh, in the uh, yes. yeah. I mean, it it kind of works out from this point on. They they they, they sort of split up. Uh, uh, Mary Jo wants to do more solo expeditions to uh, examine the the various mineral strata and see if she can abscond with some samples without without Vera noticing. Yes, and Vera is perfectly happy to be left behind in the uh, in the lab uh, and see if he can expose some of the other life forms to right. human blood. That happens differently than he would expect it to because as things always do. The visp here, uh, yeah. after it breaks out of its cocoon, cocoon uh, decides to go like, eh, so apparently it has learned something about of this. It's like it's noticed the substance and it's on the hunt for human blood because yes, these bitches get, are delicious. Yes, it goes like, oh, this is good. I am now huge. I can eat anything I want here. Uh, everything uh, that uh, is normally was a threat to me, I am now a threat to. Yeah. Uh, and the next time that Veer comes out of the uh, Urexum. Uh, uh, Uxorem. Uxorem. No, I like Urexum. yours better. Uxorem. The Urexum. <laughs> Urexum. <laughs> the Uxorem. He gets attacked by the Viz. Bit in, had some more blood drained off him and managed to beat it off before uh, returning into the uh, into the safety of the pod. You could really tell how experienced they are as planetary surveyors by the fact that he wasn't just deathly terrified by this by this massive insect, like puncturing his his armored spacesuit. No, I would, spo- I would spo- attacking him. Like- I would suppose that these things happen quite often when you're like surveying yeah. strange planets, and like especially in science fiction settings. I mean, we've not seen real planetary exploration of the moon, and we're pretty sure that there weren't any space. Hey, aliens hey, there. Mars! Curiosity is out there. Yeah, doing but there's God's not. Work. There's like that's robots surveying so far. Okay, well, no- I see you have some of the the same bigotry that the uh, uh, the space squatting laws exhibit. Well, the AIs would clearly object against that, of course. Yeah, I wonder if that's a chicken and egg thing. I wonder with whether Galileo and Galilei and Figaro, or if they're even separate separate entities, are are bitter because they're second class citizens, or they're kept in their place because of their their obvious untrustworthy nature. Right. How far are they self programming? How far is this like built into their system? Yeah. It's like, are they just like meant to not progress beyond this, or is this a another limitation? I mean, I guess it's not really in the scope of this book. It does stay mostly on the uh, on the bickering I mean, level. It's like it's not exactly comic relief, but it's uh, well. It was nice to see them to see them sort of both practicing science again yes. in their in their in their own chosen fields. And it turns out that 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 separately they 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 still do have a lot in in common. Yes. I was less interested in the geology stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. with. with Great it, it, respect to a geologist, but it just didn't speak to the imagination. It goes, as a, much it, as it goes a little bit. Uh, what's the book called again? The, the, the picture of the Ryan Gray. Picture of Dorian. Dorian Gray. Gray. Yes, where suddenly in the middle of the book, there's a whole chapter devoted to gems and precious stones and yes. technology. Yes, and that's I, right. I always wondered what, what on earth is the point of this chapter. And you kind of had that in this book as well, where it's, suddenly it's all about geology and strata. And I know people. There are people who are really fascinated and interested by that, but it seemed a little bit. 
too in depth for the uh, caliber, the science yeah. caliber of the rest of the book. With with Mister Wilde, I always kind of imagined that that while he was while he was writing, that sometimes he would he would enjoy a little a little substance that would provide some extra uh, uh, inspiration, and that maybe that one of that substances was LSD, and he had some pretty rocks around, and he yes. he just became totally I mean, focused on how gorgeous they are. The, the pretty sunset sites would probably be uh, uh, on on the cover of the book. I might be indicative of that, or maybe he was dating someone who was really into gems and wanted to impress him. But I was much more interested in the in the in the biology side and seeing more of the the wildlife on. Crow. Know, like the uh, the massive billipede uh, and the and the and, and quite hard to find termit. Yes, they were. Uh, um, yeah, they're, they're the termits. They don't want to be found. No, they're, no, they're you, absolutely. And they're and they're very isolated from each other. So how do they reproduce? That was that was fascinating. Yeah. And of course the cockroach, which that has a very peculiar reproductive uh, yes. strategy. Uh, it's kind of like hold out and dig this little pit and like lie down at the bottom of it and wait for a female of the species to fall into the pit and then like, ha, impregnate it. <laughs> very gotcha. peculiar. And considering neither of them is particularly motile, this can take quite a long time for it to, for it to occur. <laughs> yeah. like, it's a good thing they're long-lived, I, because otherwise I they you, would have not. <laughs> I think, honestly, with respect, I think you misread it. I think that was the part that was about the termit. I think the cockroaches are uh, very much about, like, Pair bonding for life, yeah. and then finding someone, some other pair bond to sidle in on, and then and then just quickly like kind of get it on with you, quick, quickly reproduce, and then move out, and then the pair bond can just get on um, with the uh, yeah. It's the typical strategy. It's like find a reliable mate to like raise the nest with, but then get it on with the uh, the ones with the desirable traits, yeah. who are not necessarily the reliable uh, housemakers. But the, it, like the the result is like it seems to be very stable. There seem to be uh, very nurturing relationships that mm. uh, that, that benefit from each other. I think the word works. compersion comes up. Have you ever heard of this word? No, I have not. I learned it recently. It's something from uh, a polyamory, oh. um, and I only know the compersion. Yeah, yeah. Compersion is the is, is is the feeling of sexual gratification by seeing two of your lovers uh, enjoying uh, uh, intimacy themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not a fun word. Compersion. It is the antithesis. of... Of jealousy that you see somebody else uh, having what you don't have and it and it just fills you with That's with envy. selfless joy jealousy is afraid, fear of losing something you have yeah, jealousy no, is okay. you have no, no, something you're, and you're, you're afraid right. you're going to lose it to someone yeah. else and you're jealous so um, you've got a you've got a nice little trinity between jealousy envy on the one hand and compersion uh, on the other hand the, the, nice... the upside the upside uh, of this uh, same uh, yeah so you've got a nice threesome there already also yeah. kind of polyamorous uh, triangle linguistic polyamory uh, which inspires veer to rather than just straight up trying to kill his wife I mean he he starts to check out space tinder again and just see yeah if... there's not much going on on this planet and they have the advantage that even though they're being constantly monitored nobody really pays attention to the the live feeds right you can kind of get away with you can kind of do whatever you want yes yeah exactly and as long as there's I mean if anything happens where uh, uh, evidence is later required then the recordings can be uh, can be reviewed yeah. and so that's why he had to make sure that uh, uh, if Mary Jo were to meet with an accident it definitely had to look yeah. like an accident well Mary Jo on the other hand being a geologist is more into space grinder <laughs> yes <laughs> And uh, it's also trying to get it get it on the side. Yeah, and and it turns out that they they have something in common that they that they didn't realize before. They like weird stuff. Yep, and they both like it strange. And they and 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 you know they 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 meet each other under under different pseudonymic guises. Yes, in- they both figure they're talking to someone else, and they're going, like, oh, we're going to meet up somewhere far enough away from the... And it works because they've both gone their separate ways. Yeah, exactly. Like Mary Jo has t- taken the uh, the research vehicle and driven off in it, which is, of course has a complete uh, 
uh, facility as well. Not and just and, the, and uh, Veer has uh, uh, yeah. has mounted and, and is now riding the domesticated giant Visp. Yes, he's got like a interesting symbiotic relationship, kind of like you with Jennifer, as long as he provides them with blood for the brews to. Uh, yeah, like, well, yeah. recent evidence suggests that maybe it's not Guinevere. I'm well, not quite well, sure. You know, he's still piecing point. it together. You but have a, You have a good point there. Mm. They come to an understanding that, like, you know, there's like a certain amount of drops of blood per mile, and uh, he sets up this, the, 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 this little romantic little glade with yeah. all the weird shit. Uh, next to one of the oxygen fountains, so they can yes. actually take off their uh, their helmets. No candle, obviously, because it's right next to the oxygen fountain. Oh, no, fountain. that would be dangerous. That would yeah, be, but other uh, than that, they're getting nice and high. Uh, and he makes a couple of pina coladas, and... Guess who shows up? It's Mary Jo. I didn't know you liked pina coladas. Ah, no, or getting caught in the acid rains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the taste of champagne, yeah. Yes. I mean, there's plenty of shell food on Chrono, but... Both of them have brought a, a two-suit. Yes. Do you know what two-suits are? I suppose they're, like, one suit for two people. They're, well, they're, they're two suits that can be joined up, and yeah. therefore uh, uh, intimacy in, yes. in microgravity, and they have actually been tested oh. uh, with, with varying levels of uh, success. There was, a, there was a woman who designed one in, in 2006, and so it's, like a, it's a fairly, like, loose garment that can, yeah. be, that can be tightened, and it can also be affixed to another, another identical garment so yeah. that the, the, the person's, and it's like there's all these sort of straps, and there's like a quick release. I was kind of like thinking it's like one of those sleeping, the sleeping bags that you can zip together to make a two-person sleeping bag. Oh, out of yeah. Something. Huh? Sort of like that, but then for bipeds, yes, who still need to be who still need to be mobile, and it's got all these all these uh, fixture points, so you can attach it to like a, a, a stable surface. Yes, so it's for getting it on in microgravity, which I imagine has more problems than just can you get an erection in space? Yes, well, apparently, uh, yeah, no, apparently that like several astronauts have reported that morning wood is very much a thing in space. Oh, cool! Officially, sex has never happened in space. Uh, no. No, uh, I think that it is that is still. I can't uh, imagine that masturbation hasn't happened in space. I don't know, man. Officially, it hasn't. But come on, uh, would can, you just I not want to? If you're up there in the ISS, would you just not want to crank one out? Or just because, just to say, nah, have yeah, done uh, it? You know? These are these are extremely professional women and men. Yes, and, and even like, the the risk of contamination and like there's no. Oh, that's what socks are for. <laughs> I guess there's a reason neither of us are in the ISS program. Yeah. So they find that they have more in common than they thought, and they're a little time apart, and the fact that they're actually doing science on the planet has made them realize that they have more for each other than they thought they had when yeah. they were in the uh, in the cutthroat corporate environment of uh, ladder climbing. Veer likes the danger, and that's and that's kind of cool. Yes. She, she, she kind of digs yeah, that. And she has, is, a, is a very meticulous and, and organized. And, and despite the fact that field work is not her thing, she just like it. it it turns out that there's a lot of good things on the, on this planet that that she misses when she's in the uh, in the corporate boardrooms. And and finally, they realize that they they both like dudes a little bit. So yeah, they have they yeah. Are, yeah they quickly develop a plan for where to yes. where to go from there. Which essentially, I mean, obviously, Mary Jo should head back to the Unerforschte Planeten Expeditionsgesellschaft GmbH, yes. yeah, and and further her career. Research, yes, maybe they, they they take on a little bit of cockroach behavior, I suppose. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, go on with uh, with Heirat Hochzeit and uh, Frau Mann, and then whenever get them involved in their little peculiarities. <laughs> yeah, especially with the illegal return samples that uh, Vier makes uh, takes back. Yes, yes, he has a, he has an interesting uh, menagerie of uh, uh, life forms in the. Uh, uh, stowed away. Yes, stowed away in their little capsules, and he knows to like infect them with a little bit of blood to keep them going. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So this is one of those rare books where I'm actually more excited for the sequel because yeah. they seem like such a, an interesting team, clearly capable of, of severe violence. So how are we going to rate this book? Ooh, that's going to be a tricky one. How are we okay. rating a book like this? Are we going to relate it relationship-wise? Are we going to relate it planet-wise? Oh, is there a... Give it an insectoid rating? We have some, some sexuality going mm. on. How about... How about we read it on the Kinsey scale? The Kinsey scale, okay. Which Ooh. goes from zero, doesn't it? Zero to five, but what's which is good? No, it goes to six. six. Like six right. is six is gold star gay. Zero is super heterosexual, and six is super gay. I mean, like this, like this. If we, if we rate a book on that, this would seem to imply that we're giving one a positive and the other one a negative value. So that might not be a good. You know, you're right. So can we add any? Can we add a second dimension to it? Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, from, uh, from marriage to murder. Well, let's that give sounds, that a... That sounds like a good one, but I so let's go, is marriage the good one or is murder the good one? Let's put murder on zero and then marriage on, on, on six and then okay. heterosexual on zero and gay on six. Well, and then we make a little matrix out of it. a little bit of... What a cool literary review podcast we're doing. Yeah, and if, 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 if we're going to rate it on that, it's going to be a solid three in the middle because it's, right. it's got everything. It's three by three. It's yeah. just like right smack dab in the bullseye. Yeah. So I guess we're going to give it a bullseye. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed this book. One of my favorite scenes was the first time that, that Veer, uh, rode the, 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 the wisp, which was kind yes. of, it was kind of scary. Like it's, it's got all of these, these hairs and antennas and it was, and, and you was have to decide aggressive. which ones you can hold on to and which ones you definitely should not touch. Yeah. It will let you know when it, when you should yeah. not be touching something that's, that's, uh, uh, that's sensory. But yeah, this, this, this soaring and through the, the ombre sky, like that was, it was so, it was so beautiful. Very Junesque was the ornithropters, except now he was like more like riding them into battle. Yeah. Uh, Vespithopter. Vespithopter. Very good. Yeah, thank you. So speaking of speaking of reviews, obviously we'd we'd love it if you if you leave some kind words or a, a, a cool number, not three, definitely not three. No. On uh, uh, go for the extremes on on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your uh, uh, your podcast, and obviously we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, we would love to hear from you on our Twitter, on our Facebook, Cover anywhere you would like cast to across the board. Which brings us to next week's book. Yes, what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week, our book is by Tom Hickman. It's called God's Doodle, The Life and Times of the Penis. <laughs> that it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. Okay, I remember. We only judge a book by its cover. <laughs>